do you see how those guidelines are meant to protect you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, exactly. That's right. That's what the guidelines are for. Mm-hmm. Because when we, when you operate within the confines of those guidelines, you're guaranteed to get God's very best. To the No Greater Joy podcast brought to you by the pastors here at Grace Baptist Church because we want for our people what Jesus wants for his people, and that is to know greater joy. And we believe that there is no greater joy for God's people than stepping into the areas of no greater joy by being a 24 7 worshiper, go person, and an alongsider. I'm Pastor Steve Strong, lead pastor here at Grace. Once again, across the table from me is Pastor Ryan Atkins, associate pastor here at Grace. And to my right is our faithful. Intern Jared Strong. Jared Strong. And to my left, personal friend, friend of Grace Baptist Church, chaplain for the Cleveland Browns, drum roll. Robert Brooks. Robert Brooks. And making a sound, as one guest said, our voices sound buttery, mm-hmm. is our tech guru, Dan Craniac. He's a member here at Grace producing this podcast. Huge thanks to thanks, Dan, Dan for making it work good. So. So we're talking in this episode, Robert's with us, he was with us in the previous one, we're talking about spiritual growth stunters, we have an adversary who is opposing the work of spiritual growth in God's people, and uh, we want to look at a specific passage, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 through 6, and um, actually I'll probably read uh, verses 1 through 7, we'll do that here in a minute, but these verses take... Three different professions that were commonly understood back in Timothy's day, Paul's day, and uh, parallels them with being a Christian. So what I want to do before we get all serious and spiritual and expound the truth and make parallels, I want to take some common professions today. We're going to play the game. I'm going to throw out a profession, and these three, Pastor Ryan, Chaplain Brooks, intern Jared, will profoundly share with us how these professions are similar to being a Christian, all right? So, for example, a teacher. How is a teacher being similar to being a Christian? A teacher carries forth a message to another generation. There you go. Teaches it to them. As Christians, we're to carry forth the gospel and teach it to subsequent generations. Okay, so that's practice. Very good. You did well because he prepared for that one. That's right. right. Now everything else is off the cuff. Now everything else from here on out is off the cuff. Impromptu. Oh, my. You ready? If I can't think of anything, I'm just going to stare at Jared. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of staring (laughs) and silence. No, they're going to do good. we got smart people here around the table. All right? (laughs) How is a garbage man, a garbage collector, similar to being a Christian? Ooh. Well, let me see. How about uh, when we give our lives to Christ, he comes along and cleans up all of that. There uh, you go. That dirty life that we were living, a sinful life, and, and he gives us a new life. So and where does he take the garbage? He, to see of forgetfulness. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> he gets rid of it. It's no longer your possession. That's right. Very Sorry. good. I, I thought there was a Lone Ranger joke coming in with the to the dump to the dump to the dump dump dump. That's where the garbage <laughs> the goes, dump. right? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Anything else? The other two? That was good. Well, I like that one. In a sense, it's denying ourselves to do something that normally All right. wouldn't appeal to our desire. Okay. 
Nobody wants to be the garbage. Yeah, there's a garbage, humility, man. There's a That's humility right. to it. And we gotta, as Christians, we gotta deal with other people's garbage, right? All the time. We gotta help other people. We gotta a little bit. Right, spiritual growth. Right? A little All bit. right, very good. Here's the next one. We got a whole bunch of excavating going around the mm-hmm. church building, school building, and around us. How is being a Christian like being an excavator? Ooh, all right. So just based on sitting in the office watching these guys work uh, this summer, it's a long process. Mm-hmm. And not always do you see the fruits of the work uh, because a lot of the work here, you see them doing the work and then you come back two days later and it just looks like flat flat dirt again. Uh, but when, when the storms hit, that Ooh. water has somewhere to flow. Yeah. Not I'm yet, it. but it will. All right. So when once the... The storm sewer is in place. It'll flow to the pond the way it's supposed to. Nice. Yes. Boom. Boom. He, he's out of here. He's done with that. He's like, that's all I got for today. Wow. I like it. I like it. A lot of God's work is happening below the surface, usually not up front, yeah. but it's always that that makes, a, makes it work. All right. I like it. Anything else you guys want to add? Yeah, it's get like you said, getting beyond just the surfaces, digging deep. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And that's that's the Christian walk. That's the sanctification process, right? Going deeper and deeper in your relationship with God, and it it it, it takes uh, the truth to dig that hole and to <laughs> dig deep. All right. Yep. Yeah. All right. Very good. Here's the next one. Again, within the construction world, because there's a lot going on here. How is being a Christian like being a general contractor? I don't know what that is. So the general oh, yeah. contractor kind of oversees all the sub trades. Yeah. Uh, so like, so on this project specifically, the the general contractor is kind of coordinating everything, scheduling people, making sure no two people are trying to work in the same spot at the same day, all that sort of stuff. Mm. So how is being a Christian like being a general contractor? I got something in my mind. Well, let's see what you guys got. Got anything? Mm, got some quiet on this. Well. Maybe, I don't know if this is good, but we're, in a sense of our own lives, we're seeking to use everything to to one goal, and it's the glory of God. And so we're taking all these things in our lives and trying to point it towards one thing. Yeah. yeah. So the general contractor has the end goal in mind, right? Yeah. And organizing, he's keeping everybody on track for the one end goal. Mm. Our intern did well. Yeah. I was kind of thinking, as you're doing that, like the all members of one body, but we all have different roles. Different roles, yeah. And just yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. you know, if you think of all, this, all the subcontractor trades, you know, we all fulfill, whether electrician or plumber or whatever, but that general contractor, yeah, is the spirit kind of keeping us all right. All right. rolling. Okay, you got next one. A policeman. <clears throat> How is being a Christian like being a policeman? We just served lunch yesterday to a Westlake Police Department, so how is being a Christian like being a policeman? Well, a policeman has to stay within... Uh, I, I guess the, the boundaries of the law, mm-hmm. so to okay. speak. Well, we have to stay within uh, the boundaries that God has uh, established for us as believers. All right. Uh, and actually, that helps identify us as believers, that which we uh, stay within, within his guidelines, within his word, within his will, uh, within his truth. All right. I would say, uh, you know, one of the roles I think of police is directing traffic. And so in a moment of, or, you know, in moments of chaos, they can help to bring order. And so I think in a lot of ways, our lives are chaos, uh, pre-salvation, post-salvation, you know, the spirit's working to bring things in order within our lives. 
So mm-hmm. enforcing the laws, because enforcing the laws does what to the residents? It's their good, right? It mm-hmm. keeps them safe. And so it's like being an alongsider, mm-hmm. coming alongside and say, hey, you shouldn't be doing that. It's not for your benefit. It's That's not right. for the benefit of your God's people. All right. Anything else? Any other thoughts? Okay, let's go to the next one. How is being an engineer, not a train engineer, but it could be mechanical, electric, civil, an engineer. How is an engineer like being a Christian? A little tougher one. Yeah, that sounds like math, and I wasn't very good at math. Ooh. So engineering right, scares right, me. Right, right. Please don't take your shoes off. Um, to add, you know, you got me. All right. <laughs> I would say engineer, there's a lot of thought and a lot of um, just diligence done kind of behind the scenes that then, you know, on a project like the one we have going on outside our windows here, that then comes to fruition in due time. And I think in the Christian walk, it's just like the excavators, a lot of things you do that are behind the scenes kind of... um, you know, your spiritual disciplines aren't usually done on the front lawn so that mm-hmm. passing traffic can see you, but you're doing them so that when the time comes, you're ready. Yeah. When I think of engineering, I think of the design mm-hmm. and how it was mm-hmm. created. And I think, you know, from a spiritual perspective, uh, the Bible gives us the way God intended for us to be. Mm-hmm. And so and he shows us how to be what he intended us to be throughout mm-hmm. scripture. Yeah, and I think engineer like you think about you think of the diversity of all the cars that are going around, right? Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways there are some there are common laws that get applied and worked out but have a different look. But the same laws are still at work and every Christian looks different different lives, but there are common truths and plans and processes that are always at work in every person. It's like mm-hmm. the, you know, you have the gospel, which is, it never changes. But even just the five of us sitting around this table here and our, our two-person audience for these last couple episodes, cheering us on, um, same gospel, but different, oftentimes a different road path of, of coming to Christ. All right? Now, all right. This one, not, I don't know. We'll see if this one works. How's being a Christian like being a financial advisor? Oh, I, I think that's, um, that's kind of easy. I mean, Good. investment, right? We want a return on our investment. We get a return on our investment in our faith and our, in our faith in Christ. All right. And our walk as a believer. Well done, good and faithful servant, right? Amen. Yeah. I our think talents. Alongsiding. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, you're you're coming alongside another to guide them in something. And that's one of our core personas that we want everyone to to partake in is being an alongsider and exhorting and rebuking if necessary and encouraging. And I think that's, from what I understand of a financial advisor, mm-hmm. probably a lot of what they do is coaching along and exhorting right. and correcting and all that. All right. Anything yeah. else? Well, I think the good financial advisors, for example, the good ones uh, stand to benefit as you stand to benefit. Mm -hmm. And spiritually, we stand to benefit from seeing someone else uh, experience victory in their lives. That's right. That's the joy that we're talking about. All right, cool. Well, hey, let me me read these verses, and we're going to see three different professions that were common in that day, somewhat common today. Um, And uh, we'll we'll talk about them. 
So first of all, let me just read these passages. Second Timothy chapter two. I'm going to read one through seven, but they're really kind of brought out in three, four, five, and six. It says, "You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus." No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to get the first who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding in everything. So let's obey this. Let's think about what he has to say here. All right? So he kind of gives us three professions a soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. And of course, the positive qualities, so you know, a good Christian is like a good soldier, a good Christian is like a good athlete, and a good Christian is like a good farmer, a hardworking farmer. The opposite are also true. And so we're talking about growth stunters. So the things in Christians' lives that are in opposition to their spiritual growth in ways that are adversaries at work to oppose that, to also to hinder this spiritual growth process. So in a lot of ways, our adversary wants us to be bad soldiers. Our adversary wants us to be bad athletes, and our adversary wants us to be bad farmers. So let's just, let's talk about that. Let's talk about how our adversary is at work, and how is it that Christians, believers, followers of Jesus Christ, can first of all, be a bad soldier. So how is how is being a bad soldier kind of described here? And uh, how does our adversary want us to be as a bad soldier? But you guys throw out some some thoughts here about being a bad soldier. I think uh, part of it because it speaks of like civilian pursuits, and so there's this, a picture of a soldier who has one goal and. and Maybe he's in war, and so he's his one goal is to fight the enemy, but there's all these civilian pursuits around him that he could go off into. And so these things that have nothing to do with the goal, but rather detract from that one goal, he goes to these other things, and it has an impact on this bigger thing that's happening, or his own life. And so there's an aspect of, as Christians, we have one goal, and we talked about the last episode, having a mindset of looking to Christ's return, and so things that may inhibit that in our own lives that take our mindset and our and our mindset off of this one goal um, and striving towards that. There's these other things that inhibit that. Yeah, I think you're right. I, it's being, he talks about being entangled in the affairs of this world. I guess we could describe being a bad soldier as a Christian means we're distracted from the overall mission. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as a Christian... We're bad soldiers for Christ when we are distracted from the mission that Christ has put us on, which would be how would you guys how would you guys describe the mission that God has put Christians that He's given to us? What is our mission? Well, I believe the Christian life is it's like warfare against mm-hmm. the adversary, right? So we know we're in a battle, we're in a war. Right. And it's a battle for hearts and minds. So because of that, uh, when when you think of 
um, as being a good soldier, a good soldier wants to please his uh, what would we call those? The ones of the higher ranking? Yeah, yeah. the one who enlisted. Commanding the officer. The commanding right. officer, right? We want to please the commanding officer. So we can't get entangled in things that would distract us, really, from pleasing our commanding officer. I think you're... I, I like how you put, it's about hearts and minds. You know, it's... Our commanding officer has given us this mission. And I guess it would be called the great... Commission. Make disciples. You know, make disciples. Win hearts and minds with the gospel. That's our mission as God's people. How do our people get distracted from that? What are ways... A, so a bad soldier is one who is not making disciples, right? Mm-hmm. So what are ways that God's people at Grace Baptist Church... Get distracted from that. How does our adversary distract us from that? What are the civilian affairs that pull God's people away from that singular mission of making disciples? I think there's just a propensity to busyness. Okay. And just, you know, all there are a lot of good things that we have access to in our communities. Doesn't mean that the, those good things can't take the place of God, though. And so I think we can we can overschedule ourselves, and then become entangled in those civilian pursuits. Um, to use the language of the passage, that okay. we just can't we can't over. There's 24 hours. We all have the same amount of time in the day, you know. And so, making sure we don't sacrifice our time with with God and for God um, by overscheduling ourselves and just getting too busy with everything. What might some of those civilian pursuits be? What do we get too busy with? Entertainment. Okay, entertainment. We, we allow things to entertain us and take time. Uh, nowadays, you never heard of anything uh, back in our day growing up of uh, binging. Or, yeah. There, there's so many things to distract us that it, it affects our, uh, really, our beliefs. Mm-hmm. Because we're so distracted, we, we don't get it deeply rooted into our lives because we're so distracted by so many other things that we could be doing. And Steve, you mentioned discipleship, and discipleship is, is a, it's a long and lifelong process. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of the problem. People don't want to spend the time developing, uh, helping develop someone and spend time with them, discipling them, which really means to do life with them. Mm-hmm. Because, you know what, it takes effort and it takes intentionality. It takes getting down in the mud with people sometimes and having to uh, get meet them where they're at mm-hmm. and, and help them grow. And sometimes people grow slower, you know, sometimes people you know, grow quicker. God is the one who causes the increase. So it's just being diligent and being having non-negotiables. And, and discipleship is a non-negotiable thing. You, you, if you're going to do it, you're going to do it. Okay. So. What else? I, You know, we are, I think, entertainment and pleasure. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just so consumed with that. What else? What else are some of these civilian, civilian affairs or even pursuits and aims that are not associated with the gospel? Sports. Okay, Sports. All the time that that consumes, mm-hmm. our careers, 
homes. You know, we have our home, our work, and our pleasure. Mm-hmm. I think those are these three big areas of our lives. And, you know, the schedules that our kids have, you know, how we schedule our evenings, how we formulate, you know, we are so, so busy with so many different things at home, at work, at p- for our own pleasure and enjoyment, entertainment, you know, scrolling, whatever it is. We could, you know, however our weeks are filled, our calendars, look at our calendars, look at our schedules, how much of that is filled with gospel work. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's replacing those things, you know, so, oh, man, I got to spend less time at work or less time fill in the blank, you know, if it's with sports, if it's other things. But rather, I think the trouble is we've disconnected those things from the gospel. Yeah, from a different box. That's right. And we Mm. think, I can't fill work with gospel work. Like, that is our adversary at work right there. Mm-hmm. to disconnect our employments with the gospel rather than realizing I'm employed at this place because of the gospel. Amen. You know, when work becomes anything other than gospel work, no matter what we're doing, or our time in entertainment and pleasure becomes something other than gospel work, because we can make all of these things about the gospel, you know, and that's the, the reality, this sad reality of Jesus's parable about the talents where the one guy was like, he disconnected what God had given him from God's aim, his purpose. And so we are bad soldiers when we disconnect everything that we're doing from the gospel. And our and our adversary's just sitting off in a corner, big smile on his face, laughing. Oh man, I got Steve Strong. He's making his entertainment about something other than the gospel, or he's making, you know, his lunches. He's making whatever it is. His parenting. His and our adversary is at work making, just totally distracting us from this overall mission. In our last episode, we talked about, hey, Jesus could come back today, right? Mm -hmm. You know, that moment when Jesus steps into this world, takes his people home, I I almost guarantee you the first thing we're going to think about is, oh, I made everything else about not this. (laughs) Mm. You know, gospel work. All right, let's transition. Let's talk about athlete. I think most of us here at the table have spent some years of our life as an athlete. Um and we got a guy over here who's working with athletes. All right, we got two. We got an all-state soccer player. We got um, war-winning basketball player setting records at his school. All right, athletes. So, a good athlete. How does how does how does Paul to Timothy describe a good athlete here? They do what? They compete in a certain way. Within the rules, right? Mm-hmm. So what's a bad athlete? Doesn't play by the rules. Doesn't play by the rules, you know? Um, and so a bad athlete, comparing with a distract bad Christian, I, I guess, maybe, is one who uh, is competing against the rules. Why does this matter? 
why would he why would Paul bring up an athlete and rules? Well, uh, as a believer, we stay within the biblical guidelines of what God has given us. Just as an athlete has to s- compete within the rules, uh, we have to uh, pursue God within the guidelines of what he's given us. Why are rules good? Because, see, because they keep us within the boundaries that okay. God has established. So why are rules good? You're, you're in the football <laughs> world, right? Rules are good for the game. Absolutely. Right? Why? Well, because for football, see, you know, you're talking in NFL, so assault and battery is legal <laughs> on, on Sundays in some ways. But you got to do it within the guidelines and the, because it helps everyone, puts everyone on the same, uh, on the same level, so to speak, mm-hmm. and within the rules of the game. All right. It's order, not chaos. There you go. <laughs> if you think about, like, scrub those rules. What would what would Sunday afternoon look like on the football field? Like it'd be chaos. It'd be a little scary. <laughs> you, you wouldn't know who was winning. Yeah. Really, I mean, in a lot in a lot of ways, in every sport, the rules are what make the game beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, and you start to blur those. And and I think, why do people break the rules? So they mm. think. There's a better way themselves. Okay, there's a better way themselves. What else? Greedy for gain. Greedy for gain. I think every time we try to break the rules, all of a sudden it becomes about us, right? Yeah. And not about maybe the team that I'm on. It's it's like elevating myself above mm-hmm. everybody else. Yeah. You know, and I think even as a Christian, we break the rules probably for the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Where we, we separate ourselves from the mission, from a soldier, and all of a sudden we're breaking the rules because within this larger body of Christ that I'm in, I'm so consumed about me, right? Yeah, make myself look better. Yeah, I'm going to make yeah. myself look better. I'm going to satisfy myself. But I'm still a part of this, right? Or it's it's the D word that I despise. You brought up in the last episode, deserve. Oh yeah. Like, oh, I deserve this. Sure. No, like you haven't done anything. <laughs> like, yeah. There's just that idea of, you know, yep. not wanting to play within the rules. Well, I deserve. Well, mm-hmm. no, you, you, there's, there's boundaries. Yep. And it's the rules that make not just an, a game joyful and fun. It's the rules, the guidelines, God's directives that bring joy Amen. to life. Mm-hmm. to being a Christian. And I think that's sometimes hard for us as followers of Christ, as believers, really to, to wrap our heads around because, you know, we grew up with rules. We went off to college. Yeah, we don't have the rules anymore. You know, you go to a college. I went to a college and we had rules. You get out with, oh, I'm free from the rules. I'm free from all, you know, other people telling me what to do, what not to do, <laughs> you know. And we think, all right, life is going to be great when I can get out from underneath that. Wait, I have an RA now? Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You know, oh, wait, now I have a boss. Um, and I have a spouse. You know, there's certain things I can and can't do. I, you know, but in all reality, it's like, and, and maybe that's our adversary structuring our world to make, you know, to foster this sense of, you know, rules are bad and that snuffs out and suffocates life. When. You know, I, God's like, you want to you want to find the deepest 
joy, stay within the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, do the way, do it the way I've designed it. Um, they kind of become a guideline to success in yeah. a way. Not necessarily success how we would think, but just think of an athlete. Like if you have a football player who breaks every rule, mm-hmm. how long are they going to be successful? Not very long at all. Mm-hmm. They're probably not even going to be on the team or on the field anymore because they're costing their team. But you just like they give you the guidelines yep. in which to, like you said, find that greatest joy yep. because you're adhering to the and rules and guidelines. In those moments when the athletes were breaking the rules, seemingly had all this success and all this attention and all this focus on them. And then when everybody realizes the rule was broken. Corked bats. That's right. Right? <laughs> Gone. Steroids. Stero- you know, something. <laughs> now right. they have an asterisk. Now, like, all of that is just now just sacrificed and gone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it and it's just not lasted, worth it. But it didn't last. Yeah. 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 Do you see how those guidelines are meant to protect you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that? exactly. That's right. That's what the guidelines are for. Mm-hmm. Because when you when you operate within the confines of those guidelines, you're guaranteed to get God's very best. Mm-hmm. Instead of stepping outside and trying that's, to do it on your own. That's right. Yep. Anything else on the athlete before we move on to farmer? All right. Any one of you guys farmers in here? Do we have any farmers? My dad was a farmer Your growing dad up. Was, all right. So you may have got some history here. All right. We'll see. So a good farmer... Paul's telling Timothy is a hardworking farmer who gets, who deserves, who ought to have the first share of his crops. So here's our adversary thinking, and all right, hey, a a good Christian is a hardworking, a good farmer. A bad Christian, one who is being opposed and opposing spiritual growth, is, so we have, I had to find a D word. Uh, a bad soldier is distracted, right? A bad athlete is diverted from the rules or disqualified because he broke the rules. A bad farmer, I had to find a word for lazy. It's dilatory. All right? From That's the good day to Word of the day. Word of the day. Word of the day, dilatory. They're just lazy. All right? So I think it'd be helpful to maybe just take a minute and think about, well, what's a hardworking farmer? You know, let's talk about a hardworking farmer. What does that look like? That's long hours. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's hard work. It's labor. It's, oh, gosh. It's physical. constant. It's yeah. it's all year. You know, you think of growing seasons, but there's a whole lot of prep that goes into the ground before you even put seed in the ground. Mm-hmm. Like turning it, mm-hmm. uh, fertilizing it. I mean, there's so much put into growing anything as a farmer. Mm-hmm. It's often lonely, yeah. right? You know, you're out in the field, you're doing, and here we are. We're not farmers talking about this kind of stuff, but thinking about it, like, it is. It's time-consuming. It's lonely. It's it's a lot of work, a lot of hard work, a lot of sacrifice for most of the year without seeing the with, fruit. With future in mind the yeah. whole time. It, it's like always I'm working hard today, even though I'm not seeing the fruit today, knowing that if I don't work hard today, I'm not going to have the fruit tomorrow. Yeah. It's always with the harvest in mind, right? Yeah. And I, I think you were bringing this up in an earlier conversation here in, in our episode was like um, we're so like focused with – now the discipline the hard work i think 
a, a bad farmer is so consumed on, well, I, I can do it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can do this tomorrow. I, I feel like doing this today. I don't feel like doing it tomorrow or today. I'll just push it off. I'm lazy today. And there's never, ever a harvest. Mm-hmm. And we're just, just so missed. consumed with happiness today. Yeah. And I think sometimes, as within the larger big C church and Christianity, we can be so focused on being happy today. Can we just focus on being happy today, happy today, without a sense of, you know what, it's the daily unseen discipline of working hard that produces a harvest. Wow. A farmer has a sense of urgency on a daily basis. Mm Mm-hmm. Because if it's time to harvest, it's time to harvest. Yep. If it's time to water, it's time to water. If it's time, if you don't get it in the ground at the right time, you're not going to yield as much at the end. And it, you know that's the thing about it: laziness. It, it just can't be a part of being a good farmer. Mm-hmm. And in the same way, spiritually, it's you're not developed mm-hmm. if if you compromise that uh, the time to put in to grow to be who God is calling you to be. And many of us, we're not the same today as we were mm-hmm. a, year, a few years ago, right? Hopefully not. Praise God for that. Yeah. Praise God. I mean, you know, we're growing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what it takes. Farmers play the long game. Yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and the daily routine in the long game is unattractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's difficult. It's hard. And... Maybe in the short term, maybe a little bit unrewarding. Like the hard work of preparing the soil, uh, it doesn't feel very rewarding. Mm-hmm. The hard work of planting and watering day by day, some day, normal day, just seems all of that hard work for a brown field, dirty field with nothing green coming up. Yeah. But you know, I think a good Christian, a faithful Christian, doesn't give in to our adversaries' lies of like, oh, see, it's not working. Mm-hmm. You're not seeing fruit today. Mm-hmm. It's just push it off. Be lazy. It's hard. The day-to-day routine is unattractive. And it, it's so easy just to be so focused on here and now and how, what the impact mm-hmm. it has on me today. Um, it makes me think of like my mind goes to evangelism in that, you know, if the farmer doesn't get the the soil turned and seeds planted in that certain time, they could miss the window for the entire season. Mm-hmm. And so you can't can't be lazy as a farmer in that regard for missed opportunities sake. And I think for evangelism, like we can't be lazy because there may be this might be the only chance you have to share Christ with someone. Don't miss that opportunity. Like, plant that seed, and then trust that wa- that God will mm-hmm. help it to grow. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's a. Like. I like the word urgency. There's an urgency yeah. to an urgency with the necessary but difficult mm-hmm. and unattractive spiritual disciplines. Yeah. It, it's an urgent grind. Yeah, you know, you, it, it's not over immediately. Yes, I like that. It's it's. Wow. Yeah. Well, a lazy farmer can't expect to reap the rewards <laughs> nope. from putting the work in. And think about it spiritually. We want all the fruit, right? Yeah. We want all the, mm-hmm. the great things, but it's hard. You got to put the work in. And yep. uh, in that, 
you know, just being obedient and diligent mm-hmm. and, and, and being a faithful follower. That's right. You know. And the simple things of your own time in the Word, time in prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, memorizing your own personal worship, your own, you know, those are the daily urgency, urgent grinds mm-hmm. that uh, produce the harvest yeah, in our that, lives. That's right. Investment, farms. like you said, the time, that's a better mm-hmm. word than work, at time. But, you know, I think a good farmer, too, on the other hand, a, a good farmer uh, doesn't complain. You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 we used to have this saying, I used to tell my kids when they, when they would do hard things, you know, if it's sit down and read or if it's pray or do something that was difficult to them, I used to tell them, don't tell me uh, about the delivery pains to show me the baby. Mm-hmm. You know, just <laughs> this kind of thing. I think a farmer's kind of like that. They just go about their work because they, they've, they've had some victory and success in what they've pr- what's been produced. Mm-hmm. So they're faithful to what they know works and they do it and they mm-hmm. do it without complaints because they know they're going to get uh, the yield the harvest that they're looking for That's same right. thing spiritually. they've tasted that harvest exactly even and they know they know it's worth it yeah you know they you press on through the dog days of summer mm-hmm. where it's just a field of dirt little things where it's not time it's not time it's not time i press on i press on because i know what's coming and I love what's coming, and I'm going to press on. So, all right, all right. So, good soldier, don't get distracted. A good athlete, don't step outside the rules. And a good farmer, don't get lazy. All right, as believers, good talk. I like this. Good. I appreciate mm-hmm. you, Robert. Appreciate you being with us. And uh, I asked you a couple questions as we wrapped up the previous episode. Mm-hmm. Now I have some shotgun questions for you. Just some favorites. All right, so off the top of your head, what's your favorite menu item at Chipotle? Oh, it's got to be the past. What is it? El Pastor chicken? Oh, chick- is chicken al pastor. Ah. Chicken pastor. All right. Yeah, that's all that's right. Fun. All right. What's your favorite ice cream at Mitchell's? Oh, Bing chocolate cherry chunk. Ooh, all right, all right. What's your favorite book outside the Bible, or what's your what? What are you reading right now? Oh, I'm in Galatians right now. Outside the Bible. Outside the Bible? Yep, favorite book outside the Bible. Oh, The Unsaved Christian. I'm reading a book called oh, The Unsaved oh, okay. Christian. All right. Your favorite book of the Bible? Oh, Ephesians. Ephesians, all right. All right. What, what's your favorite movie? What's a movie you can watch over and over, no matter how many times you see it? You may Where laugh at me, in. but it's Pride and Prejudice. Oh. All right. Oh, uh, interesting. Fist bump from the audience. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's good. It, it, I'll right. admit I haven't seen it. Oh, I'll t- I, add it to my list if it's. It's a solid movie. Robert Brooks approved. I'm just saying. What's your favorite person in the Bible, other than Jesus? Favorite person in the Bible. Who do you identify most with? Probably Peter. Peter. All right. Favorite restaurant to eat in Cleveland? The Cleveland area. What's your go-to restaurant? My favorite go-to one. Re- oh wow, we don't eat out a lot. Remember, I'm a missionary. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, duly noted. <laughs> I like the Cheesecake Factory, believe it or not. All right. Their menu, which is as big as the Bible. Hey. <laughs> uh, your, what's your dream car? A 1966 Chevy two-door Nova. Nova. I did okay. not. I was not expecting a Nova to come out of that. Hmm. Yes. All right. What's your, uh, your favorite vacation spot? South Carolina. 
Myrtle Beach or Fo- Fo- Foley Beach. Foley Beach. All right. Love it. Favorite uh, cartoon growing up? Roadrunner. Do you have a favorite cartoon now? <laughs> no, but there's hey. more animation on my television <laughs> than yeah. any real people. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> uh, LeBron or Michael? Dr. J. Ooh, oh, all right, curveball. All right. I like that. Starbucks or Duncan? Duncan. Ooh, mm, we got another Duncan guy over here. Oh, yeah. Michigan or Ohio State? West Virginia. Mm. All right. <laughs> spring or fall? Still wrong. Spring. <laughs> spring, you're a spring guy. And then cats or dogs? Dogs. All right. Very all day. good. Very good. Dog all right. Thank you for that one. Robert, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks. For good having you on here. We'll do it again. Absolutely. And uh, until our next episode, God bless.